Welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. If you are looking for inspiration and in living out your Catholic faith, or would like some tips and strategies to live the virtue of chastity, or would like help living your vocation to the full, then you've come to the right place. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know that they are made for love and happiness. We are your hosts, Simon Carrington. And I'm Madeline Carrington. And we're husband and wife. We're parents to to two gorgeous boys, the co-founders of Fire Up Ministries. And mate, we are on a bold mission to help you experience the love you've always dreamed of. So from wherever you are listening, we welcome you and we are so glad that you have joined us. I'd like to speak to, to every parent out there for a moment who's ever asked this question. It's a very important question, one that I think every single parent of, of faith and even parent n- not of faith, of, 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 of a faith background would, would, would even have. And that is, um, how do I begin to share messages of purity, of, of, of healthy sexuality with my child? I think every single person you know, out there who, who has made it a point to speak about the theology of the body or about healthy dating, about chastity, about God's plan for sex, me, that's my, my full-time job, right? Um, me and, and many other speakers in, in this kind of field get these questions very, very, very often. And often this is how the question is framed. Okay, you're, you know, you're, you're speaking about the theology of the body, you're speaking about purity and chastity. Well, St. John Paul II, if you've ever read St. John Paul II, he is not easy to read, okay? Um, there are, you know, there, 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 there are many theologians much smarter than I'll, I'll ever be, okay, who have shared with me that reading St. John Paul II is not easy. And if you go straight to the audiences yourself, you're going to find there's a lot of language there that's quite challenging, um, you'll, you won't get everything that he says, you'll miss bits. And every time I've gone over it, I pick up just that little bit more, but I certainly am nowhere. I, I just get, I just scratch the surface every time I go over it and read it, but I've had to read a lot of commentaries to help me understand it. And so certainly even someone like myself, it's not going to make sense the first time, the fifth time, the 10th time. I think Christopher West, you know, someone who I've been blessed to study under, um, has read it like 27 or 28 times. And he said, every time I go over it, I get something more. I learn something new and I'm able to teach it and understand it better. And so how do we, you know, if it's even hard for us adults to understand, how do we make it accessible to, to children, even to young children, in a way that's going to set them up to see their sexuality as this beautiful gift from God and not as this beast that's trying to drag them, that's trying, that's trying to drag them to hell. All right, something that's going to cause them pain and suffering and confusion, like it did me. Now, very quickly to answer this question, okay? How do you, or how do you know when you should begin being, you know, quite open about sharing God's plan for sexuality with your child? I think every other speaker would side with me here. It's not an easy. You know, when they're eight, when they're 10, when they're 12, it's not that simple, okay? Um, You as the parent, only you know when your child might be ready to begin having those conversations. 
However, all I'm gonna say is this, I would urge you, okay, to have a keen eye, a keen ear on the things that they're saying or doing or the, or the friends they're hanging around. Um, you know, one mum said to me, you know, she came home one day and found her, 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 her daughter, who was seven years old, just lying on the lounge with her laptop and she had a porn video playing had no idea what she was watching was was wrong or sinful. Uh, and the mother kind of freaked out and she was like, how do I even deal with that? Well, if in a circumstance like that, obviously you want to try to beat the culture, right? Beat the, beat our society, the, you know, the music, you know, entertainment industries, all those things. We want to try and beat those voices from getting to our children and giving them our, our, what our culture's view of sexuality is, we want to beat them to it and share God's plan for sex. And so just, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to give an age, but only you will know this. But all I'm going to say is we, we, are, we are having to intercept this a little bit earlier than we probably ever have. And so being ready, willing, and able, knowing your faith, knowing how to describe and explain these things in simple ways is becoming more important than ever. But what I'm going to try and what, what 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 I'm going to try and achieve in this video is not so much actually getting into what you would say on the first conversation or second or third conversation when you're actually explaining what the gift of sexuality is. I want to take one step back even further. And I want to give a key principle and a very important concept that St. John Paul II, it's like this overarching theme that is, is spread out in every, in, in every audience of, of in, every, in, in, in every one of the, the, the theology of the body audiences from St. John Paul II, and it is this. It is the principle that we are a, a gift. Now, the fact that you exist is pure gift from God. Amen. I wasn't there when God made me. I didn't tell him what color hair I wanted, what color eyes I wanted, or how tall I wanted to be, because I probably would have asked for a, for, 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 for a few more centimeters, right? But I wasn't there. So my existence is a pure gift from God. And so not only, so because my existence is a gift from God, then my purpose, the point of my existence is to be a gift back to God. That's why we worship God and bring him glory with everything we do. That's why we sing hymns of praise and worship to him, okay? Because he blessed us with this great gift of life and we're called to give that life back to him. And he wants us more than anything to do that because he wants us to spend forever with him in, in heaven. But let's go, let, let's go another layer here. Not only are we called to be a gift back to God, but we're called to be a gift in love and I'm going to add here, self, a gift in selfless love to every person that, 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 that we encounter in this life. Because if I'm a gift, that means you're a gift. Amen. And you and I are both meant to be a gift back to God with our life. But we're also meant to be a gift in selfless love to, to, to each other and every person that we, that we, we encounter in this life. Okay. So this lens, this is a super important principle. I am a gift and I'm called to be a gift back to God and to everybody else in self-giving love.
This is so important in every single vocation that you may be called to. Okay, so so where so so where so whether somebody is called to be to whether somebody is called to be a a a um a celibate for the kingdom of heaven, whether somebody is called to be a a a, a consecrated single person, whether somebody is called to be married with 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 with, uh, with, with with a family, okay? Every single vocation, in order to be a well-rounded, whole and sexually holy person, okay, or, 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 or adult, we need to learn and understand this skill, okay, this skill, this virtue of being able to love well, because it's, it's, it's super important, no, no, no matter what, no matter what you're called to in life, okay? So, so say you're called to be a consecrated single person in what in 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 whatever congregation or what whatever faith community a person may join, they are they are giving themselves to that community as a gift so that they are set free to be a gift with their entire existence to everybody that they may encounter through that congregation. Or, 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 or faith community, amen? A priest, that's very easy, okay? For, for, for a priest, a priest needs to learn self-giving love. Think about the times when priests get asked to hear a confession at a time that is not convenient for them, and they say yes anyway. Or whether they get a call, you know, they, 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 they get a call at 2 a.m., someone's in hospital, sick and dying, Okay, and they've got to drop everything, get out of bed and go in the middle of the night to serve them. Okay, what about if a priest is spiritually dry, right? They're going through a tough time in their own faith journey. That priest still has to get up every single morning, pray the mass, preach a homily, be there joyful and willing to encounter people after mass, right? He's still got to say his, his prayers every day for the church. But what if it doesn't feel good? Doesn't matter. That's the vocation he is being called to. He needs to know how to love selflessly, to be a gift to his parish, to be a gift to God. Married life. As a married person, I could go on for hours and hours here about how easy, right? Sorry, sorry, not how easy. How hard it is to love selflessly in every moment, right? When you come home every day, when you wake up and you've got a wife or, or husband and children there, there are, there are hundreds of opportunities every day for self-giving love, for you to pour yourself out in love for the sake of your spouse and, 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 and for your children, if you've been blessed with children, okay? But for, for a married person, this is, this is a really interesting point here. For a married person like myself, I have been caught, I've been given this 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 wonderful gift within this within the sacrament of my marriage that I can I am called to love my wife both both in a non-sexual way, right? So in the way that a priest serves his par- his his parish community or a consecrated single person just lays their life down in love in in, in it's it's not in, a, in it's not in a romantic Way it's not in a in a in a in a in, a, in a explicitly a sexual love for a priest or sister or consecrated single, but it is no doubt love. Okay, when they lay their life down, 
by offering sacrifices or serving them or praying for the people that they're ministering to. That is love, okay? And Jesus says, no greater love is there than, than he who lays down his life for his friend. Just self-giving, self-giving love. Be a gift to every person. So in my marriage, I am called very much to that kind of love, but I am also called, okay, because I have a unique relationship with my wife, I am also called to love her in and through the gift of my sexuality in a romantic sense as well, in the self-giving act and love of, of sex, okay? So in marriage, it's the only vocation where we need to master or learn those two skills, loving in the, in the explicitly sexual sense and making that an act of self-giving, but also learning to love well and lay our life down even in the non-romantic, non-sexual sense. Now, this is really important because when I'm encountering, when I'm encountering married couples who might, who might be struggling in, who, who are struggling in, in their marriages and in, in, a, in a very particular way, struggling within, in, within the sexual embrace in their marriage. It often comes back to this. They feel, you know, unloved, unseen, unfulfilled, whatever it might be, whatever word they may use to, to describe this. And you can check out another video that I've done, which covers this in more detail. It's called My Spouse is Using Me for Sex. What 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 do I do? You can check that, that video out. Okay. But it's very common that couples will approach me and say, there's something missing, the intimacy in my marriage. And often I can trace it back to a flawed mindset about what the sexual act should be. Couples who are often struggling in their marriages and in in a more particular way with their sexuality, they come to the sexual act seeking to take pleasure from their spouse. They don't come to the sexual embrace looking to be a selfless gift in love to their spouse. So in the sexual act, your, your, your main focus is not what am I getting out of this act, but it's what am I giving to this act? You, you choosing to be a gift in love to your spouse should overflow from how much you love them, how much you, how, how grateful you are for them. Maybe you saw, you saw them serving the children or doing an act of love or being very, very giving and loving and kind and patient or prayerful or seeing how they love you so well. And in that state of overwhelm, you're overflowing with love and you're so grateful for them that can spill over into that desire to self-giving loved in the romantic sexual sense amen but when we're coming to, to when, when, when we're coming to, to, to the marital embrace just seeking to take from the other because I want pleasure that is that is honestly um, that is the best roadmap to marital unhappiness possible. And you're gonna feel used by your spouse, used in your marriage, and neither of you will be fulfilled. You'll be snatching at each other, looking for happiness, and it always leads to feeling empty, angry, bitter, and frustrated, amen? So, this is so, if a, if, if a young child, okay, now you're, you're, as a parent, you wanna prepare your child for whatever vocation they're called to. You want them to be sexually whole and holy, amen? Consecrated single, priest, sister, nun, brother, or married person, 
okay? What's the overarching theme here? First and foremost, you need to, you need to train them to love selflessly, to be a gift first and foremost to God by being a young person of prayer, okay? And, of, and giving glory, worship, honor, and praise to God, but also by being a gift to every person they encounter. Now, if they don't understand how to love someone in a non-sexual way, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna be able to transition if they're called when they and they're a teenager and they, and they want to start dating or if they're called to marriage, they're not gonna understand how to transition selfless love in the sexual sphere. It's likely that if they haven't learnt the skill in non-sexual ways, they're simply gonna see sex as this this act that offers them pleasure, and it's easy to think to think in a selfish way around that. So what we need to do is train our young people to see themselves as a gift and to love selflessly. If we lay that platform and foundation for them, when you as a parent feel it is the right time now to share in a, in a, in a, in a more obvious, clear and more detailed way what the gift of our sexuality is for and what it is, and what the meaning of the male-female body is and how that all works, right? That teaching should be should be a, a stone that you've placed on top of the foundation stone, which is you're meant to be a gift. You're called to love selflessly. And so their, their sexual formation is, is always taught on, on the foundation of self-giving love. So... Let's, let's close this video quickly. Sorry, I'm going a bit long, but ha let's close this video with, um, with, 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 with some practical ways to teach our children to love selflessly and to be a gift from a very young age. Now, first, so firstly, every single child should be raised to be faithful, respectful, joyful, and, and, and they, they should, they should if they understand being a gift properly, want to give of themselves and be open to really giving. However, this does not mean, okay, so being joyful, respectful, faithful, and being very giving does not necessarily mean they have to be this pushover in life. They have to be this, this people-pleasing person that never is never not compliant or happy or joyful, happy to do anything because that's also unhealthy. So we need to instill some healthy boundaries, okay, in in our children and in and in every person. The the goal of being this joyful, happy, respectful person isn't just to make everybody happy. Okay. There are times by being being a gift, and who's who are we a gift to first and foremost? We're a gift to God first. Being a, being a true gift to God and being faithful to him may mean upsetting certain people or making them uncomfortable because we're going to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, amen, and stand up for any truth, be it with sexuality or, or, or anything else. We're not the goal of being a sexually whole and holy person isn't just making everybody happy, amen. So we can't be a doormat. But let's go through three things quickly that are super important here. So um, the first thing here is teach them to serve. So teaching our children to serve from the heart. So my dad had, had this saying that he repeated, and I'm not kidding, 
every single day of my life, okay? I've heard it every single day of my life and I still don't do it very well, which is proof positive that I, I, that I, uh, I, I, I didn't listen well enough. But thankfully in my, my adult years and now that I'm married, I'm seeing how crucial this, his, his kind of, his line was. Dad would always say to us, do things without being asked. If you walk over a pair of shoes that are in, are, 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 are in the middle of the lounge room, don't walk over them and just, oh, mum will get it, right? He'd always say, don't wait for me to tell you to pick it up. Just pick it up, serve the family, pull your weight around the house. If you can see that there's a basket of, of wet towels that are sitting on the table, ready to go on the line, don't wait for mum to do it. Don't wait for me to do it, right? Just go and do it. Go and serve the family. Now, honestly, I've been married now for almost five years, and I think the one thing that I really, I do re, re, regret not doing more of was serving around my own home, and especially taking some pressure off, off mum, okay? Um, I, I, really, I, I do mean that. I, I wish I could go back and do, do more of that. But that is, so this idea about chores in the home, training children to serve, not because they're gonna get pocket money, okay? Now, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about pocket money. I'm, I'm not gonna give you my opinion. Well, I, I suppose I am gonna give you my opinion. But we were never given pocket money for doing chores. I knew, you know, I knew other, there were other friends that I had in school who were given $50 just because they made their bed. Now, if that was me, I'd be making my bed five or six times a day, right? So their motivation wasn't because they were learning virtue. It was to serve for the money. And this trains us. I'm only going to love, I'm only going to serve, I'm only going to do something if there's something in it for me, okay? So I do actually feel that the idea of training children to do chores around the house, to serve, not because they're gonna get money for it, but just because it is training them in selfless love, which is crucial for their future and for life. Now, secondly, uh, is training them to, or and you might do something fun as a family where you, you, you uh, the, the goal here is to build good habits and these virtues in our children that are gonna allow them to be sexually whole and holy when they grow up, amen? So you might do something fun, like you you, 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 you might have like a virtue challenge board where you choose one virtue a month, and as a family, I'm, I'm gonna start influencing this in my own home, but you might have a virtue challenge wall where you pick one virtue and every month, the whole family is trying to grow in this one particular virtue. Now we mentioned already, okay, that every child should be faithful, respectful, joyful, and they should they should desire to give generously. So let's just a few ideas for that, for example, right? So say we choose faith for the next month. You might decide, as parents, to build the virtue of of faith in our home. We're gonna have we're 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 gonna implement a prayer routine every night as a family where you know we we say three Hail Marys and then a, or we do a scripture reading or we say the whole rosary or we do the stations of the cross every Friday you know or something um, it could be we don't say grace before meals at the moment we're going to implement that we're going to start thanking God for the meal before we eat it and call to mind those that aren't as fortunate as us right there's so many things that we can do right to to grow in faith 
Um, you might say, you know what, we're all we're gonna we're gonna get a time if you've got children that are slightly older. We're gonna do you know 10 minutes of spiritual reading or scripture reading after dinner, okay? And then people can just share what they've read and we can build up our faith as a family. Something fun, very simple to do. We could all do that, growing in faith. What about joy? Now, joy could be something as simple as we're gonna have an intentional games night every week because it's important for the family to learn to be joyful as a family, okay? Um, and learning, okay, it might be, for example, now it's good to have awesome fun, but it's also good to build a virtue in children that when things are hard, when there's suffering, when there's a hardship, to learn to still be grateful to God for the good that you do have, or to learn to praise God and to be joyful when things are hard, because we know from Romans chapter chapter eight, um, eight verse twenty eight, God w- works all, all things to, to 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 together for good for those who love Him. Amen. So you know you might write that scripture verse on the wall or on the fridge or somewhere obvious, and just to remind the children, and you need to model that as the parent that when things are hard, we still give praise and honor to God for because we know. He's using all suffering for good, and we unite that to Christ, and we remain joy. Now, it doesn't mean we've got to pretend to be all happy and 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 warm and fuzzy when we're suffering, but we don't lose the inner joy of knowing that we we be be belong to God, and that He will pull us through that difficult time. Okay, what about what about respectful? The virtue of being respectful to other people. This is I, this was a big one in my home, and I loved it. Mum and Dad had a no put down policy in our home. We were not allowed to just bag each other out when we're having dinner. We, we were not allowed to put each other down, make fun of each other, okay? Um, be sarcastic, insult one another, even as a joke. That just wasn't on. We weren't allowed to do that. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, there's this thing people often think, oh, you know, I love you so much, so I'm gonna tease you and put you down. But my challenge to you is, and then and when they're confronted on that, they might say, oh, it's just a joke. You know I love you. It's just a joke. Okay, well, if you really love me, why don't you say something serious about me? So rather than, so being respectful is not just about not putting one another down, but it's about learning to sincerely compliment each other, to build each other up. And there's no better place to do that but in the family home. Okay, a great skill for life is to do that. Now, what about being, re- you know, um, oh, oh, another one, this is, sorry, this just popped in my, into my mind. Another really important one. Now, this is important with young children. I'm talking two, three, four years old, okay? As a parent, we were always, my mum and dad, if we ever visited a family home, doesn't matter who it was, we were expected to greet the people's ho- people who lived in that home by, you know, hello, Mr. XYZ or Mrs. XYZ, whatever it was, thank you for having me at your home, right? There was no such thing as, oh, he's just shy. That's why he's not saying hello. No, that's rude. There's a difference between rude and shy, okay? Don't tell me your 10-year-old is shy. That's why they're not saying hello to the adult, right? It's That's rude, okay? That's not being respectful. Parents, it's our job to instill in it. My son, Joseph, he's two and a half, okay? We expect him to say hello to every person that walks into our house, or if we meet friends at their place, they he needs to greet the people respectfully there, amen? That's a really important one for me. 
Okay. Now, what about being, being, you know, we're called to be a gift, so we have to give. Amen. We've got to give. A, a, a simple one could be, okay, hosting family dinners at your place. Okay. Or hosting family functions at your place. And you, and then we allow our children to see that we are called to bless other people. We're meant to give love and service, food, drink to other people and to love them in that. Okay. So, um, kind, right. All, all, anyway, there's so much more. I'm going too long. Lastly, I want to close with this. Parents, you need to actually, you, you, you and I need to model this in the home. And this means work is not priority. Family life is priority. If you're a dad, your priority is to father your children and to be a great husband to your wife. For the, for, for the wives and mothers listening to this, your primary job, okay, even if you are working, your primary role is to be a great wife to your husband and an awesome mum to your children. And so when children grow up seeing that mum and dad are not prioritizing family life, they, they're not going to, they're, they're going to register, okay, that I'm not super important and that they don't see you being a gift in selfless love to them. Amen. So let's make sure as parents, this is a, look, this is, this is a good video for me. Okay. I'm going to watch this again after as well, but we have to model this kind of love in our own home. Now, my, my hope and my goal is that there really is no age too early that we couldn't start expecting and coaching our children into being more joyful, being more respectful, being more giving, you know, to clean up their toys or help mum and dad around the house. These are simple things that we can instill in our children from a super young age so that when they do arrive at the age where we think they're ready for something more, more, more detailed and more, more, more explicit about sexuality, we have a firm foundation of self-giving love to place that teaching on and then to keep building on that. Amen. Hope that was helpful. God bless you parents out there. It's not easy. And I know I've got a lot more ahead of me when my kids grow up, but um, thanks for taking the time here. We would like to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you thought that it was helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and, and, and share with a friend. And for more content like this, online videos, special offers, access to exclusive Fire Up events and a Fired Up community, consider joining our Fire Up family. So head to our website and for a monthly gift of your choice, you can help others experience the love they always dreamed of. So um, may God bless you and your family. Now go set the world on fire.